This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. On this week's episode, I talked to Cameron Garrett, who's a debut author. Her book, Full Disclosure, comes out on October the 29th. And we cover a lot in our conversation here about books that uh, really have spoken to over the years and, and how she kind of came to writing, uh, and especially uh, how she got to write her debut. So listen in. So Cameron, what book hooked you? Um, I read The Perks of Being a Wallflower, um, I think in 2013 when the film adaptation came out. And um, I guess this sounds really depressing, but at the time, I think I was dealing with like anxiety or depression and I didn't realize it. Mm. And once I read the book, it like articulated and sort of, I mean, the main character doesn't understand what's going on with him either. But um, after reading it, I was like, oh, there's something wrong with me. But like not in a bad way. It was sort of like, oh, there's something wrong Mm. and I can fix it. Um, and I, I don't know, ever since then I was like thinking about how powerful books Mm. can be, especially like ones for younger readers. And, you know, uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower is one of my favorite books, uh, you know, not only in YA, just kind of in general. So, you know, I understand, uh, kind of the journey, uh, that that book may have taken you through. And so, uh, is that something that, you know, at the very end you kind of were able to put things together or was it just kind of this, I'll say, this gnawing at you as you were kind of going along with the main character through his uh, kind of journey and him trying to figure out his life? I think um, it was really interesting because I wouldn't necessarily like look at that and think that's the type of character I relate to sure. because um, – You know, he's, especially I read it when I was 13 or 14, so he's a boy, so I'm like, oh, I'm not going to relate to a boy. Um, I think he lives in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. um, and he's writing these letters, so I found it really interesting and sort of intriguing. But by the end, um, it was sort of a mixture of what you said, where I felt like, like I knew the answer about, like, what was going on with me, but I didn't want to address it right away, but I kept thinking about the book um, just for weeks and weeks after. Right. And then I saw um, the movie, and then at the end of the movie, I started crying really hard, and I was like, this isn't, like, a normal response. Oh, like, yeah. this is, like, I feel like I've seen myself hmm. in both the book and the movie, and, you know, I need to talk to someone about it. Great. And, you know, this book is is really a stand up book for you, but as you were growing up, you said this you you came to this book at thirteen or in about that time. Mm-hmm. Were you a big reader uh, for as long as you can remember? Yeah, I really. I used to. I guess this is a thing with everyone, but if you finish your work early, um, teachers would say like read a book. Sure. Um, so I was really quiet. And got all my stuff done, so I'd read. Um, and when I was younger, my mom is religious, so she said no Harry Potter mm. because of um, like the witchcraft sure. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I read like everything but Harry Potter. Um, 
And I think around 13, I started reading more like, not necessarily adult books, but um, like older themes. Mm-hmm. So like Purse of Being a Wallflower, um, I Would Speak by Laurie Haas Anderson when I was 13, I think. And what then kind of, because you started writing uh, at a young age, what sort of brought that about? Uh, was there a, a motivating factor, a, a a mentor that you had that was encouraging you? Uh, what brought about uh, the desire to write and, you know, getting yourself out there with your writing? Um, I wrote, so it was sort of like reading where I always wrote, but it wasn't um, like seriously, or I wrote for school contests or in notebooks. Um, I started writing fan fiction and um that actually oddly was sort of like a mentor Hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. um because there were people who would read my work regularly and leave comments and they'd be constructive comments so like a lot of times when you write fan fiction people would just be like i love this like please post the next chapter and so i was writing fan fiction at like 11 and um there are people who would be like this is great but you know you spell definitely and defiantly are two different Mm. words like things like that but also like structure wise um sort of pushing me a little further and then I was really really into Twilight and I remember reading um like a list of authors who aren't into like fan fiction being written of their work and Stephanie Meyer sort of had an interesting response and she basically said she didn't mind it but she didn't understand why people would spend so much time writing about her characters when they can write about their own. So I was like, oh, I can do that. If you don't mind me, don't mind me asking, what fan fiction were you writing, you know, <laughs> back at 11 years old? I So it was like 11-year-old stuff. Like I wrote like fan fiction on Disney Channel movies. Sure. Um, like continuations, really, really dramatic continuations. So it was like, um, and you probably wouldn't know any of them if I mentioned them, but it's like, you know, the 16 year olds get married and right. drop out of high school and they run away together. And it just like, so painful to think about now. Um, I'm trying to think what else I wrote Glee fan fiction. Mm. I, yeah, just a lot of <laughs> kind of embarrassing stuff. But, and I, but I like kind of your, your antidote or your mention that you that you in a way found a quasi kind of community in the fan fiction world where that you were getting that feedback and so you were able to uh, kind of m- develop your writing in that way so then when you got to writing your own characters what types of stories or genre categories uh, did you find yourself writing so when I first started writing, um, it's interesting because I started writing fantasy, and I'm so, so bad at fantasy. Mm. Um, and, like, the stuff I was writing didn't really make sense. Like, I was rereading it with my friend, and one is, like, for some reason this girl lives in a treehouse, and she can have dreams about when people die. And she, in the dream, she's friends with them, and then she watches them die. Like, it was so involved and convoluted Mm -hmm. um but i think it's because of what i read like at the time so i read a lot of twilight and percy jackson and um sort of like trying to mimic what was going on in those books because i liked them so much um and the characters were all white because most of the books i read 
were about white people. So, like, <laughs> it was really, like, removed from my experience. And so was what book or what what was kind of uh, the turning point where you felt like you were motivated and you kind of more found uh i'll say where you were comfortable uh as a writer where you kind of found uh the sweet spot i'll say uh was there a book was there an event or a person or or, or something that really kind of brought you to uh, the type of writer you became so i had twitter but i didn't really um use it but then I started following more YA authors and sort of seeing uh, behind their process mm-hmm. and seeing different why like um, what's the word um, people who are querying and trying to get their books out there and talk about their own work and I realized that a lot of people wrote from their own experiences mm-hmm. um, and I started to pay attention to deal announcements and in deal announcements a lot of the stories really specific two people's experiences. So like, um, I remember when Angie Thomas sold the hate you give and thinking, wow, like I didn't know you could write a book about that. Hmm. And then I remember reading it and thinking this reminds me like, so I've never seen anyone, you know, be shot. I've never Mm -hmm. gone through the same experiences, but I remember thinking that this is so much like, you know, my life. So I think reading that and then, um, Jason Reynolds, really, really big deal for me because I think he was, like, the first black YA author I was aware of. Um, like, obviously, there are other ones. Um, but I read his books, and even though I didn't necessarily relate to them, I loved the way he wrote about black kids. Like, they deserve to be written about. Um, so that made me sort of shift my thinking and think I could write about kids like me. And so was it always sort of in your head, uh, even at a young age, or, or what age was it that you decided for yourself that this is what you wanted? Uh, maybe not fully, but you wanted to pursue writing to some extent. Um, I think when I was 14 or 15, um, there used to be this blog called Teens Can Write Too. And uh, it's funny because now I'm like, close friends with the guy who created it but it he had all these resources about querying and seriously pursuing publishing and it wasn't something I had considered until I went on the website because he had a list that he updated yearly of um, traditionally published books by teen authors mm. and so I was thinking wow I can totally do this like I should be able to do this you know and um, I read some of the books in the list I read The Outsiders um the author of The Outsiders wrote it when she was 16. <laughs> I remember thinking, this isn't that great. I could write something <laughs> better. <laughs> um, and of course, what I wrote was not better. Sure. Not at first. Now that you know the book that we'll talk about in a minute is, is going to be coming out, when you, and I know things are really hectic, but when you kind of look back at that uh, journey, uh, what kind of steps out at you uh, with you know, whether you want to take the starting point at 13 or 14 uh, until now, uh, this journey of, of pursuing writing, what kind of stands out to you? Um, in terms of what? In terms of what uh, you find unbelievable or what's surprising mm-hmm. or what's really kind of memorable to you. 
Um, I used to be really, really, really hard on myself. And I remember, so I was still in middle school. So I was like 13 or 14. And I remember thinking, or not thinking, telling my homeroom teacher I had to write um, this book and I had to finish it in a month and I had to do all these things. And she was just sort of looking at me. She's like, who said you have to do that? And I said, well, I said that. Um, she sort of thought that, like, I guess my parents are pressuring me or someone else is pressuring me. But I just, and I don't know exactly why, I put a lot of pressure on myself to um, sort of get a book published before I stopped being a teenager. And uh, I remember, like, being 16 and, like, you know, wail not wailing, but, like, being super dramatic to my mom, like, if I don't get a book published by the time I'm 18, I'm nothing. And she obviously was like, <laughs> she'd try not to laugh, but like, and then I'd be mad because she's laughing at me. But um, I think it's really interesting, the evolution of that, because I was super, super hard on myself. And then I think when I was 17 and I was applying to colleges and I wrote full disclosure, I wrote full disclosure at 16, but I was still working on it at 17. And I sort of just, like, this book is just for me. Like, this book is for fun. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't need – like, I sort of basically like, got a grip and was like, I don't – you know, it's totally cool just to write for fun. Or I could continue to pursue publishing, but, like, it doesn't have to be this breakneck pace. And then once I started thinking that way, that's when the book sold. Great. Well, let's start talking about Full Disclosure. It comes out on October the 29th. So – First, give me kind of the rundown, the synopsis of what the book's about. Um, so the book is about a 17-year-old named Simone who's starting at a new school because of something bad that happened to her at her old school. And her goal is sort of to get a boyfriend for the first time. And while that's happening, she starts receiving mysterious notes from a person she doesn't know telling her that if she continues pursuing the boy she likes um, – she'll be outed as being HIV positive. And so with this story, uh, what was that initial spark that got you started on it? Um, I wanted, so at this point I broke up with my first agent. I had a book that didn't sell. So I was sort of like, okay, I'm tired of publishing. I just, you know, don't want to write anymore, but then I missed writing. So I was like, I'm going to write, something that's just for me that I will probably only hear about. Um, so <laughs> this sounds odd. At the time, I was really, really into reading adoption blogs. Mm -hmm. And I was really interested in researching adoption for no reason. Mm -hmm. And um, I, so Angelina Jolie obviously adopted all these kids. And one of her kids was adopted from an orphanage where everyone had HIV except for him. But she said she would have adopted him anyway, even if he had HIV. And at the time, I thought that was really silly of her to say, because I'm thinking, you know, if you adopt a kid with HIV, they're going to die. And then I started researching more about it and came across these adoption blogs where parents had adopted kids with HIV and they treated it as no big deal. So it was very new to me, very interesting to me. And, um, the only thing was that a lot of these adoption blogs were like written by people who are very uh, Christian. Mm -hmm. So they would say, you know, like my daughter isn't going to have any issues with HIV until, you know, it comes to sex. And 
that would be a problem because they would be having sex until marriage. And, you know, I, I was like 16, 17 reading that. And I was like, that's not, I don't know if that will happen. And so that was sort of like the spark for me because I was like, I know I talk about sex with my friends all the time. What if someone had HIV and wanted to have sex and had to deal with all the stigma that comes with that? And so you mentioned that you started this story at 16, 17. Uh, how did it kind of, how did you mold it and change it? Uh, was there any kind of significant ways that you had to uh, change it? Maybe as you grew, as you got feedback from it, uh, you know, maybe even up to uh, your agent and your publisher, what kind of things did really uh get shifted and, and molded throughout the process? So I, it's really interesting to think of the first draft and then think of what it is now. Um, a lot of the work that I did was with my agent. We revised a lot together for maybe six months and she really, first of all, the plot, there's a mystery and she was like, really play with this. So tease the reader, try to trick them, um, try to think they know, try to make them think they know who it is and then spin it around on them. So there was that. But I really, really think the revisions with my agent are one of the reasons why the characters feel so fleshed out. Um, one of, at the first, the first earlier drafts, the love interest is sort of like two dimensional and boring and she would ask me all these questions and make me go right. And some of the scenes didn't end up in the book, but they still made him into a fuller character. Mm. Um, she's also, <laughs> I don't, this isn't exactly a spoiler, but there's a scene where my main character goes to a sex store with her friends and buys a vibrator. And my agent totally came up with that. She was just like, what if they went to a sex store? And that was like it. And then I went <laughs> and wrote it and it was kind of the most fun I had. What's your what's going to maybe be your response kind of taking that in that uh, that is maybe something people are going to try to note often that, uh, you know, Cameron is was such a young author when she made this. Is that a significant aspect to you or is that, you know, it is what it is, basically? <laughs> um, for me, it's it, it's just what it is, because this is like what, you know, it's just my life. Um but I'm sort of excited. This sounds like really corny, but I'm sort of excited because if there are other kids who like want to write, um, I hope they see. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll get a book deal when they're, you know, still a teenager, but I hope it inspires them to write. Um, I remember when I first started writing, when you Google teen writer, there was a blog post that came up and it basically said, all teen writing is going to be bad. Mm. And that, you know, it, it wasn't, a bad blog post, but it was very discouraging for me. So I hope, you know, having teen writers to point to um, encourages more teens to write and take themselves seriously. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking back to when you were talking about earlier about your young writing life, uh, how you, you know, grew up uh, with some rules around what you were able to read Harry Potter being one thing that was off limits and, you know, kind of taking that kind of picture to uh, the books and the subject matter in full disclosure. Uh, how do you think 
that came about. The girl that wasn't around to read Harry Potter is now uh, writing a very sex positive book. What was kind of the journey there that you were able to kind of break out of that restriction you grew up with? Um, I spent a lot of time online. Um, so I think that's part of what exposed me to ideas that weren't from my parents. Um, in terms of writing a really sex positive book, I think it's because of how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom, <laughs> my mom read the book and had some comments and, um, but I, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote it and why it talks so much about sex is because when I was 16, like Simone, I didn't know who to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, talked to my mom about most things, but I couldn't talk to her about that. And I'm not going to talk to teachers at school about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk to my dad about it. So I talked to my friends about it and we all had varying levels of knowledge. And if you try to Google it, um, either porn is going to show up sure. or, you know, these, I used to read Cosmo and mm-hmm. it was just like how to keep your man satisfied. And I get like nervous. Sure. <laughs> like, I don't know what this means. Um, so I really wanted, not that it's like an informational book, but um, I think teenagers who read it can learn some things, but I also wanted to share the idea that it's healthy and normal to have questions and to want to have a dialogue about it. That's great. And so I know uh, from doing a little research on you that one of your other passions is is film and filmmaking. So when you think sort of where you want to take your art and the things you create, do you always sort of see yourself kind of with one foot in each? Do you want to still uh, keep uh, writing books as well as uh, trying to make films? For sure. Um, the other day, my aunt, she, I don't know why we're having this conversation, but she was like, I thought you were done writing books. Like I thought that was just a high school thing. And I got so offended because I can't imagine not writing books, even if they're not for publication. When I'm not writing, something feels off. But at the same time, like I'm so interested in film and now I'm in film school and I'm really in love with like the things that I can make and something about like the magic of seeing things on screen. That sounds really um, <laughs> corny, but I love both of them and I don't really know how to pick. Uh, so we're going to wind down and there's a few questions I ask all my authors uh, that come on. The first one being, what is your favorite movie based on a book? And this might be the perfect question for you. Yeah, it's probably um, The Princess Bride, probably. Okay. Popular uh, answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next question, is there a book or a series you're willing to admit you've either never read or never finished? Harry Potter. So, um, I've never um, – so Harry Potter is a big one, but I've also never uh, read Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you, of the authors that I've interviewed, those are probably the two top answers. Oh, Awesome. And then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? I read this book called The Downstairs Girl by Stacey Lee. And it's a YA historical about this Chinese-American girl in Atlanta in the 1800s who lives in the basement below like a newspaper business. And she starts leaving anonymous columns 
and she talks about race relations and um, women's studies and women's rights and it's super cool and i really love it great well cameron full disclosure comes out on october 29th i wish you all the best with this book and we can't wait to see what else you have for us thank you so much and that wraps up this episode i want to thank very much cameron garrett for joining me check out her book full disclosure comes out on october the 29th and i think you'll enjoy it and i hope uh, you check out some of the other episodes of the podcast that i think you'll enjoy a lot of great uh, YA authors and people uh, telling their stories uh, their favorite books so please check it out i'm brock shelley and until next time keep reading